0: hey hey ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the weekend starts now i'm james norton here with taylor carrick coming at you straight from the wooden soul barrel room part of the indeed brewing empire Uh, Very exciting to be
1: here, isn't it, Taylor? Oh, man, I thought the ox was cool. I mean, the ox is cool. This is a new dimension for us. Oh, yeah, this is even
0: cooler. Never before have we been uh, surrounded by barrels of delicious substances.
1: I think you should paint a word picture for the listeners of the barrel room.
0: Okay, yeah. So we're here at an ordinary sort of uh, folding table. Yes. And in front of us are uh, lines of barrels I would say a two by 20 kind of assortment of barrels going down the middle of the room, big racks, four barrels deep. And we're talking like full size, you know, cask of Amontillado, put a dude in there, (laughs) wine barrels. These are not small barrels. These are giant barrels.
1: Pirate ship size barrels. Pirate
0: ship size looting barrels, just full of delicious beer. Uh, and speaking of which, I should actually thank our, our, our sponsor yep. for this season. Uh, indeed Brewing Company cultivates an artfully eclectic lineup of distinctive flagship beers, well-loved seasonal releases, and adventurous specialty brews like these Wooden Soul beers from the heart of Northeast Minneapolis. Indeed Brewing, we're not just brewing beer. We're crafting experiences. We're thirsty creatures indeed. And there's more to explore at indeedbrewing.com.
1: There also is in the barrel room a bar. Yes. Serving up beers that uh, come from the barrel. I
0: think that's a very civilized decision on their part to put a bar <laughs> in the barrel room. And we're
1: we're enjoying some of the fruits of that bar. Yeah. Uh, right now on tap, they have Wooden Soul 1, 2, 6, and 7, I believe. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had, uh, yes,
0: some appreciative woos from the room here. Uh, if you haven't had Wooden Soul stuff before, it's all... It's really interesting, and interesting in a really good way. It's it's challenging. It's often funky. Yeah. It's often got a little bit of sour quality to it, many layers of flavor. Yeah. This is a, a, a thinking person's uh, beer experience, and I'm totally digging
1: it. We'll be talking uh, more with Adam, the, Adam. Adam Tice, yes. Yeah, he's the uh, person who brews the Wooden Soul series. The actually came up with the name Wooden Soul. Kudos to him. Yeah, We'll be talking the, to him more. The brains behind the brew. Yeah. And the brawn, I'm and the say. And the brawn. And the brawn. Behind the brew. Um, but first, got to go through our, our intro shoot, notes shoot here. chat. I bought an electric lawnmower. <laughs>
0: yeah, I saw I'm that. I'm super <laughs> pumped about that. Eight years of using a push mower. And you know what? The yard always looked horrible. Right. And I was always basically one push away from a heart attack. Yeah. And so I and finally... And the neighbors were looking to kick you out of the lawnmower. The lawn neighbors fellow. hated us. Yeah. Mostly me. And now, you know, the, the electric is pretty quiet, but it actually gets the job done. The grass is short, and it actually makes the rest of our totally messy yard look kind of like chic and Fantastic. intentional. Long because overdue. It's like, yeah, because it's got these bushy kind of crazy things around the fringes, but you're like, the yard itself is like a golf course. Yeah. So these guys must know what they're doing. Sure. It, it, it has a kind of a uh, quality to it that it doesn't deserve. It's an so.
1: intentional chaos. I understand. So if you're one of these people who's holding <laughs>
0: out and actually using the push mower, just get off your high horse, stop it, and get a real lawnmower. I'm so, I'm so glad I did. I like that. Yeah, that's my, that's my important news. That's my big announcement for 2016.
1: I so. like it. Uh, <laughs> this is my announcement. I am very excited that bigger bands who are making it in Minneapolis-St. Paul continue to play in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Cool. Case in point, um, Soul Asylum, who I'm not a huge fan of, but like they're a big deal. Yeah. And their music is good. Huge in the
0: early '90s. Yeah. I want to say huge, and, and defining they, sound.
1: Yeah, I think they like played at the White House and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And uh, in the last, like, four or five weeks, I think they've played three shows in Minneapolis. Holy moly. Yeah, that's great. That Uh, is great. I will embrace Soul Asylum. I'll get behind them. Okay, all right. Uh, Babes in Toyland, same kind of deal. Yeah. They played Rock the Garden last year, big reunion show. That was fun. They played Art of World. That was a crazy time. They're going to play Bastille Day. Who knows what that's about, but that's awesome. Uh, Dillinger 4. Vice magazine called them the greatest living punk band in America. Nice. They're doing annual parties for Fourth of July at Triple Rock. What's, like. it,
0: what's Information Society up to? That's my question. <laughs> what, where, where are they? Should are we track they, them are down are for the too, podcast? Are they too big for their for their britches? Yeah, maybe. Know. They might be floating around Saint Petersburg or whatever. I don't know. I, I enjoyed those guys back in the day.
1: Uh, you know, this is a this is a good trend. I hope it it keeps up. And uh, you know. From everything that I've heard about the recent shows from all the aforementioned bands, they've all been probably the best show you'll see the month, maybe, oh, cool. of the season. So, you know, they got the road experience, they got all the gear, they got the sound It's sounds. such an
0: interesting thing, because when I was, like, just growing up as a little kid, old bands, with the exception of, like, the Rolling Stones, who are mm-hmm. perennial, they didn't kind of get better with time, they didn't right. perfect their act, they either disappeared entirely... Or like I remember seeing Jan and Dean at Noah's Ark, the, the, the Water Slide Water Park, and it was kinda like the yeah. the puppet show and spinal tap kind of right, experience. Right. Just like, Oh, these guys have they need to pack it in and just get other jobs. And even
1: as a young person, you were recognizing that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just felt you felt kind of bad for them, but
0: that's no longer the case. You can now have a sixty-year career yeah, oh as yeah. a as a live music performer. It's actually yeah. kind
1: of really cool. That's great. And also be embraced by your hometown market, which is pretty cool. So absolutely. I'm glad that's happening. It's a it's a nice characteristic here. Well, let's from Let's
0: launch into our next segment. I can't wait to talk Very to, excited. To, to Adam Tice from Indeed. We'll be right back with more on the weekend starts now. Oh <laughs> Hup, <laughs> hup, The weekend starts now. We are so pumped to be here.
1: Just a party crowd here at the At the
0: Indeed Brewing Wooden Soul Barrel Room with the lord of this realm, (laughs) Adam Tice, the man with the plan as regards Wooden Soul. Welcome. Thanks thanks for being on.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here with you guys and happy to have you in our Barrel Room.
0: We are so pleased to be here. Give us a, a little bit of a background on how this barrel program got started and what the goals were. Why, why, why did all this happen?
2: Well, the goal, <laughs> the goal is still undefined. We're, <laughs> we're figuring out the goal as it happens. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a watch it unfold kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it really, uh, Tom and Nate and Josh, they like sour beers, and they knew that would be a defining thing for Indeed, and so they wanted to invest in that. And it gave us the opportunity to do that. And so we're trying to, we're here figuring that out.
0: Well, for those who don't know necessarily a lot about the make process behind beer, how does the barrel get involved? How does it change the flavor of what you've brewed? What, what, what is the magic that's taking place here before our very eyes?
2: The, there's a lot of magic. I can, I can, you can feel the magic. Everyone <laughs> is tingling with magic. <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a couple different ways you can use barrels. You can use a barrel to extract the flavor of the barrel, like with our Rum King, for example, where what you're using the barrel for is to gather what is, was previously in the barrel and the characteristics of the barrel itself. So barrels, actually every barrel in here, and most barrels in the world are made of oak. hmm and there's, oak has its own character, characteristic flavors like vanilla and coconut and you can get other bits of caramel or nuttiness from the barrels as well. And so like American bourbon is classic example of oak right. characteristic, sure. right? And so a lot, of, a lot of brewers use bourbon barrels and to get not only the bourbon characteristic but the oak characteristic.
0: Well, what's really interesting about barrels, I went to a a Buffalo Trace tasting where we had a lot of single barrel samples of the same same bourbon, just different barrels, different parts of the warehouse, and you could tell them all apart. They all had yeah. different kind of characteristics and different uh, different flavors. Some we liked better, some we didn't like as much. How do you how do you explore what a barrel's gonna do to your product? Is it the only way you know is you put it in there and you wait?
2: I think so. Maybe if you've been doing this your whole life you can tell but uh, <laughs> I think it's probably quicker to watch it unfold but to get back to the original question there's where I said there's two main ways that people are using barrels. Yeah. One the like bourbon router, for us, we use a lot of rum barrels. For our uh, imperial stout, we age it in rum barrels. And so we're using the rum barrels to extract the the characteristic of what was previously there, the rum. And And the wood itself, like the vanilla and stuff like that from the wood.
1: And so what is that process like? Because you do the original brewing at a different location. And then you have that product.
2: that's more of an, just an aging. And over gotcha. time, uh, you, know, a marriage of those flavors. Whereas what, what's happening here in this room that we're sitting in right now, these barrels are more of a habitat and it's less gotcha. it's, it's an environment for them to live rather than uh, trying to extract the flavor of the barrel or what was previously in there, yeah. like wine or whether it was a spirit or wine. Yeah, when, you, uh, when
0: you say live, you really mean live, right?
2: Oh, yeah. They're, if if they're not living, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's 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 In all these barrels surrounding us, there's uh, numerous organisms alive and at work.
0: So give me a kind of before and after kind of thing where you, you bring the beer, it goes into the barrel, it lives, the microfauna frolic, they multiply, they eat some stuff, some other stuff comes out. How does that transform the character of the beverage?
2: Uh, usually, completely. Uh, yeah. you can give us. A, you
0: can give us a specific example if you want to talk about wooden soul. You know, one or six or whatever. Here's,
2: here's a perfect way to put it. When you tried that uh, first beer, the Heliotropic, mm-hmm. you said, "Wow, this, is, this tastes like wine."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does.
2: And when I when I you know think of these beers that fall under the umbrella of sour beers or whatever you want to call them i think the whole industry is trying to figure that out right now the yeah. <laughs> because it, it, one word is not doesn't do justice to define this whole set of beers it's a lot uh, deeper than that.
0: Well, I think it's a word that puts some people off. And, yeah. I, and I've had bad sour beers that are like vinegar. And I'm like,
2: oh, why am I
0: drinking this? Uh, I hate life. But <laughs> I've also had great sour beers like these that are, that are fantastic, and they're subtle, and they're balanced, and there's, there's a lot more going on. It isn't merely a sour flavor.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah that's why it's a, that's a one-dimensional description of a very complex beer. Uh, but anyway, so in these barrels like I said we're not using them in this room to extract the flavor we're using them as a place for these things to live and there's a small amount of oxygen that goes uh, back and forth through the wood and that you know is part of the life process that's going on in there um, and then the the things in the, the organisms themselves actually that will penetrate into the wood and when the sugars get low enough certain thing like certain Britannomyces, can actually start to convert uh, the barrel cellulose in the wood itself mm. to a sugar and then consume that. So oh,
0: interesting. They get desperate.
2: <laughs> if they're <laughs> desperate, I guess, they can uh, begin to consume the barrel itself. Okay.
1: And how long does this process take before, say, you get ready to bottle it?
2: Uh, it's pretty variable. It's kind of just, a again, I think what you see over time is Repetition; mm-hmm. it starts to show a pattern. But uh, okay, if 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 these barrels are an environment, and we're trying to build a population in there, mm-hmm. the pil- the uh, population is growing itself. You know, it's not a uh, Rome isn't happening there yet. It's it's just building itself. Yeah. And so maybe once it reaches that uh, point where it's it's reached its uh, it's fully built up. Then it'll repeat itself on a regular basis. But mm. some of these are young, so they're they're still building. They're still trying to figure out uh, where they're going.
1: So I know you're getting ready to um, do the bottling for Wooden Soul Number One.
2: Yeah, we actually actually just did that, and that's a beer that we've that was one of the first beers we released. So it's been the first barrels that those were coming from have reached that point of a like a developed society in there where they do repeat themselves quite regularly. And how long did that take? Uh, well now it takes about five to six months. Mm. Uh, you, uh, man-
0: you mentioned bourbon barrels earlier. These are not bourbon no, barrels. What, uh, what kind of barrels are you using in here?
2: Mostly what we're surrounded by are wine barrels, 60 gallon wine barrels, but we, there are a few uh, whiskey barrels. There's uh, right over your shoulder, there's some tequila barrels, mm. some very old tequila tequila barrels that actually had a previous life as, uh, I would say, Jack Daniels barrels, judging on the stamp on the head of the barrel.
1: And you were saying, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, that uh, I've heard that it was kind of difficult to get barrels, but most of it goes through a broker now.
2: Yeah, it's a, uh, I think it used to be more like, and when I, when I say used to be, you know, you're talking of Upwards of 10 years ago, yeah. when brewers started uh, gathering on, it's well over 10 years by now. But starting to say, hey, well, we should put our beer in these barrels to get these flavors, or do this with it. But even it, that's in the United States. If you go in other parts of the world, they've been using them for hundreds of years yeah. in this, you know, in this fashion. But in the United States, uh, at first, when you know. Fewer brewers were using the barrels. Yeah, you would. It was kind of this like firsthand experience where you had to connect with the person that you were going to get the barrel from, right? And uh, you just more, show
1: up and go, "Hey, I need some barrels." I, like,
2: well, I got them. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but now, you know, there's a huge market for barrels. So obviously, someone realized there's business there, and there's brokers, and there's a uh, you know the upside of that is this: you can go to this one person, and they have. Uh, plenty of different you know whether you want uh, sauvignon blanc barrels or you want some port barrels or brandy barrels or scotch barrels or bourbon barrels whatever you want you go to this one person and get them rather than going to uh, <laughs> everywhere around the world Your to get who these places to make whiskey yeah <laughs> so
0: on our on our way out of this segment take us on a little tour of wooden soul Give me a few adjectives, introduce the various beers you kind of have put out, and tell me a little bit about each of them, so people listening can go, oh, I want to try that.
2: All right, well, so the first beer that you had uh, that was briefly mentioned about the five to six-month turn in the barrels, the Heliotropic, that is aged in what originally were wine barrels, but after being used so many times the wine is gone. And mm. it's, it's the everything being expressed is the beer itself. And that beer, it actually does have quite a wine-like uh, characteristic to it, but it's got nothing to do with the original barrel itself. It has more to do with the organisms that are in that beer. And so that beer has a, a, a strangely behaving Saccharomyces yeast, a wild Saccharomyces yeast, and a, a Bertanomyces strain. And those three, in combination, create a lot of overripe fruit character wine like wine like Venice character, and uh just some funky earthy mm. character well cool. how about the second, How well. about the second one uh well we've got a couple other ones on, but the the other one that a couple of us have in our glass here is the number seven, which mm-hmm, is our mm-hmm. most recent release, and that was uh it came out of a lot of red wine barrels and a few whiskey and rum barrels but mostly red wine barrels and it was a red beer that was further aged on, uh, I shouldn't say age but was allowed to spend some time with cherries and raspberries, whole yeah. fruit and, which you definitely get when you're... oh yeah and it kicked off uh, as soon as the fruit went in everything was happy it was like more food let's go and there was probably some uh, organisms that came with the fruit as well but it definitely kicked off uh, another extended fermentation and this is when i I say extended the beer was uh about 18 at least 18 months old when it uh when the fruit was uh added to it
0: whoa that's quite a process and
2: then it was allowed to sit for a few more months on the fruit i can't ultimately it was like 22 months old
0: yeah (laughs) wow yeah and that's the new one yeah <laughs> and this so, is something you might encounter at the indeed tap uh
2: yeah so this one i would you know how to describe that it's uh it's intensely cherry and raspberry uh very earthy um very you know real flavors uh you know the essence of those fruits along with uh, the underlying like from the beer itself like tart cherry and sour yeah. and fruity and it's a very intense beer
1: yeah but still refreshing. I mean, the, yeah, the, very the fruit crunching.
2: kick to it, too, is
1: not, you know, sometimes it's just a little too sugary or saccharine. Oh, but yeah. this, it just, it has that subtle flavor, which is really nice.
2: Yeah, it's well, it's dried out. The fruit's been, you know, it's the essence of the fruit.
1: Nice.
0: What's what's next on the agenda for you? Do you have any, like, exciting, crazy projects that uh, you're obsessed a, with?
2: Well, th- the most exciting thing is we're getting two fooders. So this room right now is just full of barrels. There's, uh, you know... Probably in the neighborhood of 250 barrels in here <laughs> right now, but we're getting two footers and a footer is if you can imagine one of these barrels in front of us uh, it's laying on its side and it's 60 ga- it holds 60 gallons, which that equates to just under two barrels of beer. Uh, two barrels of beer would be 62 gallons. those are 60 so imagine flipping standing one of those upright so it's more like a cylinder yeah. Okay? And multiplying it by 30. So what? we're gonna have two giant oak tanks in here, each oh one goodness. being uh, uh, 30 barrels. So you can do or some sorry, really big, really
0: big long term planning with that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for having us here at the barrel room. Thank you for what you do. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> I right, well, we'll Beer drinkers, a thank you. Yes, yeah. yeah, on the weekends. <laughs>
1: I'm just uh, having a hard time yeah. after that performance. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. We're here with uh, Ashley Gold from Hello. Holiday. Hello. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. One of the duo. I'm going to read a uh, quick bio that okay. I just stole from the internet. Um, electropop duo Holiday, H-O-L-I-D-A-E, the danceable electropop project from singer-songwriter Ashley Gold and synth wrangler Garrett Neal uh we've been big fans of theirs since the first single that got snuck out on soundcloud not that long ago in addition to winning the star tribunes are you local show, showcase and playing south by southwest as a result uh you've blown up in minneapolis st paul which i think is fair to say doing sets everywhere from uh fulton's block party to the twin stadium mm-hmm. recently to the upcoming Basilica block party. Thank you so much for yeah. being here and doing some songs for Thank us. Thank
3: you for having us here.
1: Yeah, uh, it is, yeah. Um, let's first start with the music. Yeah. Um, you, You also are a singer songwriter in your mm-hmm. own right. And then you made a transition into the group holiday yeah. and have had quite a bit of success with that. How, how did you make that transition? How did the project start? And it's sort of a musical departure, I think, from a little bit of, of yeah. your solo stuff. So mm-hmm. what prompted this?
3: I guess I, I don't consider it a departure necessarily. It's just another part mm-hmm. of who I am. And so um, it's I mean it is a departure from the acoustic style yeah but it's like still a part of me yeah if that makes sense um, and, and the project started uh, Garrett Neil and I um, I was you know working with him for my solo stuff um, and then we kind of just were like, hey we should write some music you know electronic music and and so we we did that and it's been you know about three years in the making and so um, we released it in February for the Are You Local and yeah. then had our release at Ice House for our album Tantrum. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been kind of a whirlwind since then
1: and so let's talk a little bit about what that looks like for, mm-hmm. a, for a whirlwind i mean um you have been playing shows you know at all sorts of venues i yeah. mean i know secrets has written up solo yes. performances at you know, very so very that. small places and then all of a sudden you know holidays getting booked at, at all these different venues mm-hmm. so for you as an artist what's that like particularly with new music you just work on it for a couple of years and then it comes out and it's like, wow, this is a really positive reception. That's great.
3: It's I mean, that's I think that's what everybody hopes for yeah. when they work on something, whether it's music or, you know, an essay or a degree. You know, you hope that it just means something more than and, and it sounds weird to say, but it means something more to the people who are going to be. Um, experience in it yeah um because it technically is you it's like music is it's all it's for you it's like a therapy but you want to be able to reach out and and touch people and so it's been really positive and I feel very lucky to have tapped into something um with this style of music because I think no matter what style I'm doing I'm always going to want to be You know, affecting uh, the greater population outside of myself, like the personal is universal. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: What do you think's resonating for people? Like, what 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 are they? What do you think Um, people are hearing? They're like, oh, uh, that connects for me. That means something. I think that that
3: Garrett writes really fat, juicy beats. Yeah, and I think that that people. You know, when they're out at a show um, on a Friday or Saturday night, there are some times where you want to kind of sit back in a chair and drink a beer and or a wine and, and think about your life and kind of reflect. And then they're, the majority of the time, you want to, like, release. I never yeah, want to do you that. Wanna, <laughs> you want to shake, you shake your, you know, I don't know if you can say it. But, say whatever but, you want. This oh, is a oh, podcast. Okay, yeah. you, you want to shake your ass and yeah, you want to uh, get a little lit and yeah. – you know, um, and so I think that people are responding to the kind of freedom that we are offering up with the music style.
1: Well, and I think it was an interesting choice when uh, you did your album release at Ice House. You you know, the, a lot of the electronic music that um, I'm seeing come out of Minneapolis-St. Paul right now is, um, it's very good, but it's very moody. It's very dark. Yeah. Um, a lot of what you're going for is, it's a a little more pop it's a little more accessible it's a little more um of a party vibe and then you know you get uh the headliners that you did for your opening show and i mean these are like (laughs) party djs like i think it was uh sophia
3: yeah and uh, manchita yeah from girl party from girl
1: party and it's like they're just gonna be playing bangers to get Mm -hmm. people ready it's not gonna end up being like a moody thing yeah (laughs) yeah there's uh, definitely
3: some moody stuff on the yeah. record, but I agree with you. It's it's more it's definitely positive and uplifting.
1: So how do you approach that music then? Are you are you looking at you know getting people on the dance floor as one of your motivations or what's influencing you now and and how are you approaching your music, especially as a duo? Yeah,
3: um, I think Garrett and I have we've started you know writing new songs and with the intention of making people move mm-hmm. and kind of forget about the stress that is the daily grind yeah and Um, with that we've just been trying to be really intentional about the music but also keep it integral to who we are and not try to be like we want to write this song because it sounds like what's on the radio right now we want to write this song that represents us but also is going to move people move their bodies move their hearts move their minds move their spirit move just movement in general yeah so
1: um so you've you're in an interesting place now with a lot of the success that came after the album, which is fantastic and really exciting, but there's a sort of interesting thing that happens in Minneapolis St. Paul where it's like, okay, you played all the big venues and you play in the big block parties. Uh, What kind of comes next after that? Have you, Mm -hmm. have you thought ahead on that? Do you have some goals? What are those?
3: Um, Yeah, we've definitely been thinking ahead and there's, some things you know going on and but um i can't let the the right hand know let the left <laughs> hand <laughs> know what it's doing <laughs>
1: cool um
3: so we'll we'll keep you posted for sure nice
1: um so there's a couple shows locally coming yes. up so what is where can people come see you
3: um so we're playing at the seventh street entry on july 1st it's a friday night with our friends of fort wilson riot and yeah. and aaron rice and then we are playing the basilica block party with uh, eric mason and farewell milwaukee on the saint paul or excuse me the star tribune stage yeah um and then turf club on the 21st um and then uh the pizza luce block party on oh, yeah, that's right. august 6th
1: busy summer yeah well, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you yeah, for thanks. having and me. If thank people want to hear you, um, what's the best spot they can go to?
3: If they want to hear us, we're on Spotify, okay. Holiday, H-O-L-I-D-A-E. Um, and then follow us on Instagram at holidayminneapolis. Minneapolis. Um, we have a website as well, holidayofficial.com.
1: That's great. Um, we're going to hear another song cool. from you uh, yeah. here at the... Wooden Soul Barrel Room, which is very, very exciting as a live music. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll We'll be back
0: with a little more on The Weekend Starts Now.
4: sleeves, but I know how the story goes, and I have tried to run from you, and each time I forgot to tie my shoes, so I'm back to where we start. Everything takes work, takes work You led the way in your dancing shoes Summer nights illuminated by the moon Twinkle stars bat are eyes You turn and smile just like a firework they flew, but baby, now it burns into the shade of a question in my Do I have the strength, the strength to stay, or am I denying the truth to keep me from breaking
1: Welcome back to the weekend starts now. We're about to kick off your weekend. Awesome. Woo. Uh, Jim, what do you got on here for your everyone's weekend pick here? If
0: you like rotisserie chicken, like I do, <laughs> and like I think a lot of people do, it's it can be a oh, fantastic, yeah. low-key, delicious way to get the the food thing taken care of. Yeah. I recommend the Dirty Bird, which is kind of the sidecar restaurant to the upscale Upton 43 Hmm. down in Linden Hills. It's hard to get to. They make it hard for the the non-rich people to (laughs) get there. So you have to wind around a lot of lakes and kind of like bushwhack through some curvy streets, but but they're keeping really great rotisserie chicken there for like nine bucks. You can get an incredibly well-prepared half chicken. So cheap. Little spicy, uh, sauce of your choice. Doesn't even need sauce. It's so richly flavored on the exterior. The skin's crispy. Can you tell me more about Upton
1: 43? Yeah, Upton 43. I hear a lot about it. Eric Harsey
0: is the chef owner. Okay. Uh, He was at uh, Victory 44. I think he still owns that place. Okay. Uh, It's got kind of a new Nordic, kind of stripped down, very chic feel. And they do kind of boundary pushing, molecular gastronomy Mm. influence kind of I would say very modern cuisine.
1: I'm seeing a lot of so-and-so is going to be cooking with uh, the chef at Upton 43. Yeah. He's been
0: collaborating with a bunch of high profile people and he does experimental stuff with his food. So if
1: you're like, if you're a food, food, food person, if you're watching
0: chef's table, if you're watching that kind of stuff, not really me, but you know, sometimes me, Yeah, that's a great place to go. It's a good place to get your mind blown, I think. And you know, it can be a little, it can be a little austere.
1: It's not cheap. Yeah. It really is not cheap. And if you it, need something more pedestrian.
0: Though. Yeah, the chef is taking risks. Next door at the Dirty Bird, it's just good rotisserie chicken. <laughs> so, so old. yeah, it's, it's a kind of the kind of the other side of the coin. That's my recommendation, though. Check out the Dirty Bird, and if you want to wanna roll the dice and have some fun, Upton 43 is pretty cool, nice. too.
1: Nice. Um, while you're eating chicken, you're going to have a busy Thursday. Um, there's a get-together to celebrate one of my favorite attractions in Minneapolis-St. Paul, the smallest museum in St. Paul, a.k.a. St. Easy, at the Workhorse Coffee Bar. Cool. Um, fairly close to where we are right now, just off a uh, University in 280. It's literally a cabinet-sized museum. But it's had some really fun uh, art shows, and they're going to be chronicling the things that they've had in there. And um, I'm a big fan of Workhorse, so go check that out. Um, Moving further into the weekend, starting, uh, this is also Thursday, but a three-night run of Prince-inspired art and sound kicks off at Gamut Gallery, which recently celebrated its four-year anniversary. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. I tried to count how many artists were participating, and I just I quit halfway through. There were too many. Um, but there's going to be a ton of visual art, some dance-offs, even Prince-themed beanbag toss, which they listed as Prince Cornhole. Oh, and, uh, I don't know that that's really <laughs> respectful. I was like, too soon. <laughs> too
0: soon. It's, it's, it will never be time for that, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then we also have a... Um, as Ashley mentioned, there's the Fort Wilson Riot and Porno No No, fantastic name, split EP release at the 7th Street Entry. Uh, that's on Friday. You're going to want to check that out also on Friday. Um, someone I'm also really into is a, um, a producer named Suna. Did I say that right? Suna. Um, he has a new EP called Surface. Um, the release shows at Amsterdam, and there's other big deal folks there. The um, up and coming Dizzy Fay, who's going to be just such a big deal, and then um, a, a producer DJ named Simon is going to be there. It's going to be fun and chill. Um, and then for the weekend, I mentioned this at the top of the show. Um, one of the bucket list things you absolutely have to have is just so much fun is Dillinger Four's uh, D Fourth of July party at Triple Rock. Um, they're fantastic. The Triple Rock turns into a madhouse. People are just there to have a great time. It's the middle of the afternoon on 4th of July weekend. So people, you know, they're cutting loose. It's, is, it's
0: is, great. is there some kind of a newsletter we can subscribe to to get more, <laughs> more of these sort of updates? Because this is a great collection of stuff.
1: If you need more weekend selections, check out our newsletter. Secrets Secret of the City. Secretsofthecity.com. PS, don't blow off any of your fingers. Yes. It will make reading our newsletter harder. Yes. Use, use fireworks <laughs> mostly responsibly.
0: Mostly responsibly. Somewhat responsibly. We don't
1: want we don't want a bunch of trouble, we, we
0: want a little trouble. Well, here we're, we're going to wrap up our eleventh our eleventh episode and say thank you to Indeed Brewing Company, who cultivates an artfully eclectic lineup of distinctive flagship beers well-loved seasonal releases and adventurous specialty brews from the heart of northeast minneapolis indeed brewing we're not just brewing beer we're crafting experiences and we're thirsty creatures indeed more to explore at www.indeedbrewing.com so thanks to indeed thanks to adam voris thanks to you taylor thanks to our listeners we'll be back next week with more on the weekend starts now